Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for joining us for this week's message from Riverside Church. I believe you will be inspired and blessed by the Word of God. We'd love to welcome you to one of our services next time you're in the Brisbane area. If you'd like to know more about us, go online at www.riversidecc.org.au or like us on Facebook to hear about up-and-coming events. I hope you enjoy the message. God bless you. Uh, Wonderful to be here. Not long ago, when I was 18 years of age, (laughs) you can see I'm a man of faith. Not long ago, when I was 18, I met, uh, as a very young Christian, I met an older Christian brother, and he said this to me. He said, remember the book of Romans. It's the key to the entire Bible. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. As an 18-year-old, you know, you've got ambitions and whatnot. But through the years, that, that word never left me. That's the key to the Bible. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the key to the Bible. It contains 16 chapters. If you read it at normal pace, it's going to probably take two and a half, three hours. But I'm going to share this in 40 minutes or 35. Um, One message that would capture the entire book. I've titled this morning's word to us, uh, God's Mercy rebels because looking your way the first three chapters of Romans could be rebellion could be termed rebellion or man's rebellion the chapters between 4 to 11 would be God's mercies and 12 to 16 chapters 12 to 16 uh, you could regard as man's response to God's mercy So we're going to talk about man's rebellion, God's mercy, what we need to do. You've got it. You can all go home now. That's the book of of Romans. So let's talk. This morning, I want to talk about man's rebellion and briefly God's mercy, but I'll focus a lot more on man's response to God's mercy. So firstly, man's rebellion. There are three stages to man's rebellion. The first stage is what I'll call defiance of God. What is defiance? Defiance is behavior in which you refuse to obey someone else. That's rebellion. The refusal to obey another person. That's rebellion. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Here is Here in this one verse... There is one word that speaks of rebellion. And that word is ungodliness. Look, the word that prefix un means no, not. 
So you, you come into a kid's room and it's tidy. Everything is in place, swept clean, arranged neatly. You go to the next room, another kid, and it's paper strewn everywhere, rubbish and McDonald's wrappers and everything. You put that prefix un in front of tidy. It becomes, because tidy is gone. No tidy, no tidiness. So when you have ungodliness, that means God is out. You've taken God out. That is defiance. Men and women through the ages have been ungodly. In other words, I defy you, God. Who are you, God, to tell me what to do? That's defiance. Ungodliness, removing God from consideration. We want to live our lives with no reference to God. Defiance is contempt. You see that sin, sinful man or woman shaking their fist at God? I don't need to listen to what you have to say. Defiance. That's defiance. Romans 1:18, the verse we read, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. You heard of Pharaoh when God called Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, the land of bondage, and Pharaoh said, who is Yahweh? Suppressing the truth. Who is Yahweh? Your God, you despicable people and your equally despicable God. Suppressing the truth. Defiance. You know, there are no honest atheists in the world. They are liars. It, it's true. I'll show this to you. Atheists, self-proclaimed atheists, are liars, dishonest. Look at the next verse, Romans 1.19. For what can be known about God is plain to them. Look, God is saying, what can be known about me is plain to them atheists. Plain. Because... God has shown it to them. I've shown it to them that I am. So if there is an atheist, he's dishonest and lying. Verse 20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived. Clearly, not just perceived, clearly ever since the creation of the world, in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. There is another passage of scripture in Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. There is... <laughs> Judgment Day, atheist walks up to God and say, I'm an atheist, God. Look, sorry, I, I didn't know you made all these things. I didn't know you existed. No excuse. No excuse. Liar. Dishonest. That's what God is going to say. Because 
that rebellion starts with defiance. Who are you that I should listen to you? Napoleon was traveling in his warship with some soldiers. And then they, he heard, Napoleon heard a group of soldiers mocking at God, mocking God and, and defying him. There is no God, and etc., etc. Napoleon interjected and said, Guys, look up into the night sky. What do you see? If you can remove the stars, you can remove God. That's from an ungodly man. So there is, somehow inside us, there is that innate knowing God is. Clearly perceived. That's what the Bible says. Now, th there are some people who are not atheists. They, they, they know there is a God. This, oh, yeah, I believe in God, yes. But, you know, God is out there somewhere. I don't even know if he cares. Th that is defiance of God. That is not paying the due regard that God deserves rightly. They are, they are indifferent to this God who, yes, he, he is somewhere, but they are indifferent to him. They ignore him. That is another way of saying, who are you to run my life? So it starts with defiance, rebellion. Where did this defiance and contempt for God come from? Where, where did they come from? Well, before the dawn of human history, the devil, the devil rebelled against God. The devil defied God. Oh, he's number one, eh? I'm sick and tired of playing second fiddle. That's the devil is a, sh his name means the shining one. Beautiful, shining one. I'm tired of playing second fiddle to God. I will take over. I, five times he says, I will. And then God judged him. He was banished from God's presence. And now he wants to get back at God. How, how, how would you get back at God? Well, the best way to get back at him, you, because you are not as powerful as, as God, so the best way to get back at God is to hit man the apex of his creation. That's the best way. So he comes into the Garden of Eden, and Adam and Eve were there, and he stealthily and cunningly comes to Eve and says, and talks, have a conversation with Eve, and Eve says, God said, we can have every kind of fruit in this garden except for the one in the middle of the garden. Really? Did, uh, yes, God says, if we eat the middle tree, we will die. You will surely not die? No. God, God knows if you eat it, you'll be like God. You, you'll know evil and good. You, you'll know like, like God knows. No, no. Let, let me tell you. God is trying to hide something good from you. Th this thing... You ought to have. It's good for you. And God has not been entirely honest and transparent with you. This is something good for you. Look, Eve, 
God is not the worst, but so Eve buys into that cunning, and she and Adam, ever since, have polluted all of us with this defiance toward God. Let's come to the second stage. So the first stage of rebellion is defiance. The second stage is decline. Romans 8, uh, Romans 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Notice two long words, two three-syllable long words in this short verse. Ungodliness, unrighteousness. Ungodliness, stage one. You defy, you elbow God out of your life, you get unrighteousness. Notice the order. It's always without God, out, out of the picture God, you get unrighteousness. All sorts of decline, all sorts of murder, and, and so on. Moral decline. God is angry when his creatures turn their backs on him. And so the wrath of God, that's the second word in that phrase, the wrath of God is revealed. Oh, yes, yes, when we sin, there is a judgment of God's wrath to come in eternity future. But this verse here tells us for the wrath of God is revealed. It's, it's a present, continuing thing. What is this wrath? This is the decline that, that you and I experience when we elbow God out. It is, a, it is a present reality. Go back to the time of the Old Testament prophets. You have Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, etc., etc., And they prophesied against a host of nations. Israel, Judah, Egypt, Moab, Cush, Damascus, yeah. And what was the thrust of their messaging to these nations? You have defied me. In summary, you have defied me. Return. If you do not return, there will be moral decline. There will be decline in terms of wealth, dignity, uh, possessions, and someone else will invade you. That's decline. You ask, isn't God a God of love? Uh, isn't he a God of love? Th doesn't love cover everything? Well, if, the, if your God is a God only of love, wrong God. The Bible's description of God goes beyond God is love. If your description of God is God is wrath, it is also a wrong God. The right God is God is wrathful and God is loving, plus a whole host of other wonderful, beautiful attributes. That is the God we have. Really, the wrath of God elevates the love of God. The glory of God's love is magnified, intensified in the presence of his wrath because it's in the wrath of God that you find righteousness, justice, goodness, everything that is right. 
And in spite of that anger towards sin and unrighteousness, he loves me. Doesn't that elevate his love? Doesn't that magnify this, this loving God? So God is not just love. He is not just wrath. He's both. And a whole host more. The third stage of man's rebellion. The third stage. Depravity. Depravity. You soil your personality with the devil's nature. If we keep rebelling against God, listen, we soil our entire personality with the devil's nature. Romans 1, starting from 22. It's going to be a long reading, but it's good. Romans 1, 22. Claiming to be wise, they, the defiant ones, the rebellious ones, became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling Mortal man, birds, notice the order, the progression. Mortal man, the apex of God's creation. Birds up in the air, look, the downward spiral. Resembling mortal man, birds, animals, creeping creatures. Depravity. Therefore, verse 24, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions for the women exchanged natural relations for those that are Contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. Verse 28. Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. We have here the most revealing and the most sobering description of man's decline into depravity. Worshipping mortal man, birds, animals, creeping things. When people keep turning away from God, defying Him, that's the progression. That's the progression. And look at verse 29, which is not on the screen, but I'm reading it for us. Romans 1, 29. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, all manner of unrighteousness that happens when you elbow God out. Evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. 
contemporary society today labels certain things as an alternative lifestyle. Well, well, what they label as being an alternative lifestyle, Paul addresses as being depraved perversion, not natural. That's what, that's what the Bible says. Society today is trying to push for certain things to be normalized. And, and they, they, they stigmatize and they demonize anyone who would, who would not share the same view as them. This is happening right now. March of this year, six months ago, a bill, a proposed bill was tabled into the Queensland Parliament to such that potentially, what I'm talking now, could land me up to three years in jail. Th th that's how depravity. And where's the judgment? The wrath of God is revealed. It's presently, it started already. That wrath of God is revealed. But there will be a lot more to cop in eternity, but presently it's revealed. And what is that wrath? It is this depravity, perversion, acceptance as being the norm. And pushing the general population into normalizing it. That is the wrath of God. Let's move on. We don't have but more time. Now God is a God of truth and justice. In God's reckoning, there is such, such a thing as right and wrong. You know, when we, do you know this phrase, there is no right and wrong, it's, it's okay. You, you, f you dig deep and find the truth yourself and, and bring it up and you just live according to what you discover. There, there's no, no need to regard what others say, no right and wrong. Well, when you elbow God out, ungodliness, you have unrighteousness. And, and that is just the natural uh, uh, progression. Decline, depravity. So we've talked about man's rebellion. What is the mercies? Well, you know, chapters 4 to 11, mainly chapters 4 to 8, the, the mercies are abundant. Forgiveness of sins. Righteousness imparted and imputed. You know, the whole book of Romans is about righteousness. God's righteousness. So, uh, adoption. Uh, no condemnation. Uh, glorification. All these are the blessings. All these are the mercies given to sinful, rebellious men and women. The last part, what are we to do with this? Well, the right response. I said there are three stages of man's rebellion. There is only one right response to God. And here it is. It is to receive the good news about Jesus Christ. This good news is Jesus himself. He is the carrier of the manifold mercies of God. When he came to earth, he was the embodiment of all the mercies of God. We are to believe him. Now, believe doesn't mean mental assent. It really means agreeing and obeying. You remember we said 
defying God means I refuse to obey and submit. Well, to believe is to I obey, I believe him. I obey him. Some people say, I'm already a Christian. I've signed up. I've got my insurance premium paid. Th there, why is behavior important? Right, unrighteousness and so on. Well, uh, give me, let, me, let me give you two verses. They're not up there. First Peter 4.17 It is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Here's another verse. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will reap. So what is our response? We've sung a few choruses this morning. I surrender. Yes. Romans 12, 1. That's our response. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Presenting ourselves. Now, notice this. Paul didn't say, I command you as God's appointed apostle. Submit. Paul didn't say that. Paul used a very soft and a very endearing term. I appeal to you. Parakalio. I, para, I come alongside you. I, 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 I wrap my hands around your shoulder. Please, please, brother, please, sister. In, in view of God's mercies, you've heard of the mercies of God to you? Does, don't they move your heart? Don't these mercies move your heart, brother? Look, let me move your heart further. C come on, join your heart with mine to, to submit to God. That's, that's the meaning of I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. It is not I command you, but I appeal to you. Give your heart to the Lord. You know, God's mercy to us is heartfelt. God didn't simply say, all right, just chuck a bin of mercies toward these miserable rascals. God didn't say that. God was full of him. God got emotional over us. Let me give you two verses. I was just reading this last week. Isaiah 62, verse 4. Look at this. It is not cold. Uh, let, let's, yeah, fulfill the righteousness in a cold way, but it's warm and, and loving and tender. Isaiah 62, verse 4. You shall no more be termed forsaken. Look at the emotions in that. And your land shall no more be termed desolate. But... You shall be called my delight. I delight in you, rebels. It's God speaking. I delight in you. And your land married. Married to whom? Married to the Lord. For the Lord delights in you. Delights. That word really means the Lord dances over us with joy. 
Isaiah 62, verse 5, the latter part. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. Twice in these two verses, delight and rejoice repeated. There is a special significance in that. God is saying, I want you to hear this loud and clear. It is a term of endearment, tender-hearted. God is emotional. We people, we, we say, ah, doctrine. Doctrine is important. Yes, yes, doctrine is important, but emotions are important too. We need to get emotional over God and over the, it's not cold orthodoxy. It is warm, tender-hearted joy and dancing in the Lord, full of joy. Now, our response to God must also be heartfelt, therefore. Our response must be heartfelt as God was. Let, let me give you one verse, John 14, 15. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Uh, most of us, most of us would read that with gritted teeth and, and clenched fists. I've got to obey God to show that I love him. That's a natural tendency. Obey. There are two ways to love the Lord, two ways to, to obey. I've got to obey. All right, I'll do it. Or I just love to obey him. Notice the heart is in this now. I, I just love to obey him. Uh, it's not something mechanical and wooden that I must do, but it is something tender-hearted I love to do, Lord, because you are my, you are my God who gave me so much mercies. If you don't believe me, Look at Romans 6.17, the next verse. Romans 6.17, look, 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 look at this, look at this. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart. That's the emotions. You have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. So you find two things there, the heart and the teaching. Oftentimes we say, I just want the teaching. I want the doctrine. I, I want the theology. No, 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 no. That's important. We want the heart as well. Oh, some people, I don't care about the teaching. I just want to be happy. I jump around and it's full of heart. That's wrong too. It's both and, not either or. We need the heart and the standard of teaching. The heart, the heart, the heart, the heart. First Corinthians chapter 13, Paul says, For if I gave, give everything to the poor, and if I give my body to be burnt, but have not love, I gain nothing. The emotions, the love, the tenderness, the heart. Samuel Brengel, I'll end soon. Samuel Brengel was a 19th century Salvation Army preacher, very well known 
very good preacher. He was aspiring to be the next D.L. Moody. In fact, he was comparable to D.L. Moody, very effective. And then he discovered, I was actually using the Holy Spirit of God to further my reputation rather than giving myself, submitting to him, loving him for his sake, for him to use in whichever way he chooses. He struggled for a long time, but finally one day he prayed. He decided, I will pray. My emotions will be made right. And let me read his actual words. Let me read his words. He, he said, I want to be an eloquent preacher, but I surrender to you, Lord. Even if it means stammering and stuttering before the pulpit, if it is for your glory, I will love you, I'll do it. And these are his words. As he prayed that prayer, as he waited, as he prayed, suddenly an experience came to him. Experiences in God are important. It, it's not just cold doctrine. We need to have experience with God. But that experience needs to be built on doctrine. So he had, he had an experience with God. He said, heaven's love came into my heart. Notice all these emotional words. Heaven's love, my heart. My soul melted like wax before fire. I sobbed and sobbed. The pure flame of love burned in me. He, in that hour, I knew Jesus. And I, notice this, I loved him. Till it seemed my heart would break with love. I was filled with love for all. That's the emotions. How do we surrender to God? I appeal to you. Emotionally, serve the Lord. Give your life to Him. Not just in a cold, all right, I got to do it. Love Him. You know, Samuel Brenga, Brengel isn't the only one. Chadwick, Samuel Chadwick is another British theologian who had the same experience. And he said this, why is the church without power? It is because of this. They, had, they have truth without enthusiasm. That's the emotions. That's the experience. And not only that, you can say the same thing about Whitfield, Moody, Selwyn Hughes, and, and a, a whole host more. Francis Ridley Havergal, all of these, they had experience with God. I surrender, not out of cold willpower, but love, emotions. I hope from today on, God would ignite some fires within our hearts. If some of you listening in, either live or online, you have not given your life to Jesus, you're still rebelling against God. You are defying Him. There will be decline, and if you're not watchful, there will be depravity. But if you know the mercies of God here, this is the only response. Give your mind, soul, and heart to the Lord Jesus. Let me pray for us. Lord God, I pray this morning
that the word of God will be hidden in our hearts. And Lord, you would set aflame all our hearts to love you, to be warmly touched inside us. And I pray, Lord, you would raise up many, many servants from this house. You would raise up many godly men and women who would go forth as godly vessels for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you can be inspired weekly. God bless and have a great day.